there, everyone, and welcome to Farm Bureau on the Hill. I'm Amy Beckham, and joining me for this week's legislative update is Shelby Vinoy from our Public Policy Division. And Shelby, I missed you last week, but glad to join you this week uh, and hear a little bit about what happened in, in Nashville this week and also what's happening next week. So you and Thomas last week talked a lot about local government growth. So give us an update on what happened uh, this week regarding that topic. That's right. And getting right into it, there's a lot of things to, to kind of rehash from the last week. But I will say, I, I did miss you. <laughs> Felt like the it, teacher was away. <laughs> it, was, it was a bad week to miss considering uh, it was FFA week. So... Listen, happy belated FFA week to you. Yes, Thomas and I celebrated accordingly. But on the Hill, so all eyes this week were kind of on what was going to happen with local government funding. Um, Last week, Thomas and I kind of did a deep dive into Senate Bill 820, House Bill 1206, which is relative to local government funding and, for lack of better term, addressing growth through what they're referring to as development taxes. You've also probably heard them being called impact fees. Both pieces of legislation, um, Senate Bill 820 and its companion, House Bill 1206, were running through committee last week. And there has been lots and lots of conversation about the legislation. Um, We're continuing those discussions with our stakeholders. There's ongoing negotiation with leadership and stakeholders about potential amendment amendments that are coming. But this week, unfortunately, both pieces of legislation did roll. So they're still alive, but the House version has been reset for the final calendar, which I, I believe we're hearing it's going to be the week of March 21st. And then the Senate has rolled the legislation two weeks. So Again, as far as we're concerned, the ultimate goal of this legislation is to keep property taxes from increasing when those communities experience growth, especially here in Middle Tennessee and in West Tennessee with Blue Oval coming in. And um, as population grows in Tennessee, Farm Bureau is trying to continue to support policies to aid local government's ability to handle growth. Um, without that fiscal impact negatively impacting agriculture. So our finger is still on the pulse of it, but uh, we don't have any large update for that this week, except for that in both chambers, that bill has been rolled. And that is a priority issue for our, our organization this year, correct? It is. Yep. We There's several different vehicles out there this session, but helping local governments adequately manage growth is one of our priority issues for this year. Very good. So speaking of property and planning, uh, there are a few items up this week that our members should know about, right? That's right. And there is the reciprocal of the impact fee legislation, I guess you might could say, is there is a piece of legislation that's been introduced into property and planning subcommittee for this coming week. And it comes in the form of a House Joint Resolution. It's HJR 139 by Representative Sparks. And it would direct the Tennessee Advisory Commission on Intergovernmental Relations, TASSER, to conduct a study on home affordability and the rising cost of impact fees. And this is something that we've had conversations with the sponsor and some of the committee members, but... We agree that the conversation surrounding options for local government needs to continue, but we don't think that the reality of rising home cost is correlated with these impact fees because only a few counties have the authority to implement impact fees. So we are opposing this legislation and would just ask that the conversation around government funding and growth and development 
kind of stay centered around that Senate Bill 820, House Bill 1206, relative to the development fee. Um, and we, we would ask that if you have a, your local legislator, if they're serving on the House Property and Planning Subcommittee, that you would reach out to them and encourage them to focus their conversation on the actual legislation, not this House Joint Resolution, because in our opinion, it does kind of push this issue farther down the road and, and paints it in a negative light that we would just prefer not to see. So more information on that, I'm sure, can be found in the legislative alert. But That's right. again, uh, if you have one of those lawmakers on that committee, please uh, make those contacts. And I feel like you should take a deep breath at this point because I feel like <laughs> <laughs> you've only talked about one topic alone. Um, and it sounds like it's been a little, little crazy. So anything else to mention about what happened this week and some of the committees and anything else that we need to know before thinking about what we need to expect next. Yeah, so although it sounds like most of our conversations this week surrounded local government, um, there were some big things that happened in the Senate Agriculture Committee this week specifically. Um, I think a couple weeks ago we mentioned that the Department of Agriculture and the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency both gave their budget hearing, their proposed budget, to the House Finance Committee. This week, it was presented in the Senate side. And really, as far as content is concerned, it's not any different, but we like to listen in to the questions. And I just have to give all the kudos to Commissioner Hatcher and Director Maxidon because they absolutely crushed it. <laughs> I feel like their presentation Good. in the House was just a warm-up for what they were going to have in the Senate. We're still very excited about those millions of dollars that are coming into the Enterprise Fund and, and seeing what TWRA has planned for their year Aside from those budget hearings, Senate Bill 123, which sounds like it's made up, but I promise it's not. <laughs> I thought that was a little uh, <laughs> up there. Yes. So it passed out of the Senate Energy and Agriculture Committee. And what it would do is it would develop a the Tennessee Meat Inspection Act. So whereas, for example, my husband and I have our license to resell USDA inspected meat to the public, this encourages the Department of Agriculture to develop our own statewide meat inspection program. So it will be yeah. administered through our Department of Agriculture instead of USDA. Um, it doesn't have any adverse effect on the USDA meat inspection program, but I think we saw, especially during the pandemic, how hard it was to get into processors and those excessive wait times. So this they would have to meet those same standards as what USDA has, but it potentially could open up uh, more opportunity for producers. And this is just the first hurdle that it's gone through in the Senate. It's, it's still not even been heard in the subcommittee in the House. I think that's coming next week. But Farm Bureau doesn't have a formal position on this, but we are monitoring the legislation and, and are interested to see kind of how that progresses in the next couple of weeks. I definitely remember in 2020 how big of an issue it was at our policy development meetings. So definitely something we need to keep our eye on. Yeah, Amy, and I think that brings up a good point that sometimes, although we have such a intense, strenuous policy development process, that sometimes these projects do take a little bit of time to come to fruition and yeah any time that we can you know consider get behind something or monitoring something um, I think it definitely puts us in a good place it puts the sponsors in a good place and it puts the the agriculture industry in a good place just like this week we have had the opportunity to commit to supporting uh, Senate Bill 1049 and House Bill 1077 and um, it, there's just ebbs and flows downtown, and this is going to be one of those changes that we're happy to be supporting this legislation. So can you share a little bit about what that 
uh, legislation is all about? Yeah, so it so Senate Bill 1049 by uh, Rep. Senator Yarbrough from Nashville and House Bill 1077 by Representative Thompson out of the Cordova area um, is relative to farmers markets. So it, it puts a definition on farmers markets about the purpose of connecting and mutually benefiting farmers, communities, and shoppers while promoting and selling products grown and raised by farmers. So it's it's not a, a technical definition by any means, but it is something that we were pleased to see and, we're, and we're, we're happy with that definition. But most importantly, what it does is it allows for a permitting process to where, for example, if our farm goes and sells produce at our local farmer's market, we would be able to obtain a permit and, and thus have samples to offer. So right now, through the Department of Health, those rules are promulgated and this makes it to where we would be able to serve food products if we receive that pre-operational inspection and that permit by setting a standard of practice for providing those samples and empowering people who raise produce and, and just local farmers that take advantage of those farmers markets across the state that they, if they comply with those rules, that they would have that to offer to their customers. So um, our policy supports producers diversifying their income, and we think this is a really good start. Obviously, uh, something very good for our farmers markets and those farmers across the state. Mm -hmm. So moving into next week and what we can expect, um, it's the last calendar in the Senate. So can you tell us uh, what that means and what we need to know regarding the Senate? Yes. So it, it feels a little odd that here we are. It's like March. March <laughs> 2nd. <laughs> yes. It's, yes. It'll be March 7th when it comes forth and, and we're already kind of starting to see some committees close down. And wow. I think Chairman Sutherland, I think it's, a, I think it's a goal for him to yeah. be done first. <laughs> so I think he heard other committees I were closing and I don't blame him. Yeah. He decided he him. was ready to be done. So uh, there's 26 items on the calendar for next week and several of them are regarding wetlands, which uh, we don't have a formal position on any of those pieces of legislation, but it has prompted us to be a part of a bigger discussion on the topic of wetlands. So we're partnering with some of the other business community groups and some stakeholders on addressing that issue, especially in, in light of WOTUS. You know, Congress is working on that resolution to uh, not acknowledge this latest WOTUS rule that's scheduled to take effect in, in March of this year. So we're trying to address that on the state level, and Farm Bureau is definitely going to have a seat pulled up to the table on that. Other than that, there's just lots of companion pieces of legislation for things that we've already seen here in the House. Um, obviously, Schoolhouse Rock, you had us have to go through both chambers. So uh, just catching up on some things that have been going through the House um, as far as Senate is concerned. And then in terms of the consent calendar, we've got We've talked about it several times, but Brownfield legislation, that's on the calendar for Monday night. And uh, obviously that's something we're supportive of. If you haven't listened to some previous podcasts about it, we would encourage you to go back and listen to it. But what does it mean that it's on the consent calendar? So when a bill gets to the floor, it can either be placed on the regular or the consent calendar. The regular calendar is those items of business that you see them actually debate on the floor. And the consent calendar is reserved for pieces of legislation that could perhaps be considered a little less controversial. So I think it speaks volumes for what Governor Lee has done with this legislation and the work that his office and TDEC has put in towards getting this across the finish line that, you know, they have worked the General Assembly so well that 
there there are minimal questions at best and that it's going to be placed on that consent calendar and the way they vote on the consent calendar is there could be you know 30 to 50 pieces of legislation on that calendar and it's one vote and it passes everything on that calendar so although we're not going to see that discussion on the house floor we are really looking forward to seeing it pass in both chambers and go to the governor's desk for his signature aside from that anything else we need to be aware of moving into next week Next week is just kind of more of the same of what we've seen. I, I mentioned TDEC earlier. The Department of Environment and Conservation is scheduled to present their budget hearing in the House next week. Um, other pieces of legislation we're tracking are moving through the committee, and I might plug that a, a full list of those is found at the bottom of our legislative alert. So if you'll go back to your email from where you listen to this podcast and scroll to the bottom, um, you'll see a list of those that we think are important to our members, and it explains the bill, where it's at in both chambers as well as Farm Bureau's position on that but tracking a few things there and otherwise we're just buckling up for the start of what feels like the end in Nashville. Oh me well that's hard to believe but it's definitely feeling like spring outside. That's right. So it's got to make you uh, feel good or hopefully look forward to to what's going to happen the rest of session. So Shelby thank you for that long update. Uh, not I excuse me it's, it was a long <laughs> update but it was a very good update. It was a lengthy informative update and we always appreciate it. And if you are still listening, we appreciate you tuning in and hearing about what's happening in Nashville on the Hill. And I will plug this week, we can officially say that if you are listening to this via our website or the legislative alert, you can go to your Apple podcast or your Google podcast app or Spotify and actually listen to this podcast. So you can subscribe. It has taken us a hot minute to get that figured out, but you can go and subscribe. And when we post one, it will notify you immediately when that's when that's happened so again we encourage you to listen and look at your legislative alert but it's another outlet that we can hopefully share this this podcast and this resource so again thanks to all who have joined us and uh, we look forward to updating you next week on what's happening on the hill